What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week 11. So I'm going to show you how the team is lining up, my thoughts on transfers, benching dilemmas, captaincy, all that good stuff. And I'll quickly run you through how I did in game week 10 as well. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and let's jump into it. All right, let's take a quick look at how I did in game week 10. Now this was my wildcard week, so I have now used the chip. And I think when you wildcard, obviously it's for the long term right and you hear people say that it's not just for this first week it's for the next four to six and beyond but you always want to do well in the week you use it as well otherwise what are you really using it for and because you're making so many changes there's always the possibility of taking out a player that does well so going through this weekend like taking out in burmo for chelsea obviously he got a golden assist uh, Pickford got the clean sheet against West Ham. I had Ariola and Garmin. There was only a two-point difference. But those things started to feel like they were adding up. And it didn't feel like a great week. But when you look at the positives, I finished on 73 points. It was another green arrow. So I went from like 913k or something like that to 707, uh, sorry, 737k. So not a massive jump, but still my second green arrow in a row. So although some things didn't go great, it really wasn't a complete disaster, and I'm quite happy with how the squad is set up going forward. And most players did return this week. So I had Arioda in goal, who actually blanked. He was one of the only players that did three points. Like I said, Pickford got a clean sheet, but I think he got a yellow card. So there's only a two-point difference between the goalkeeper I transferred out and the one that I brought in. Charlie Taylor off the bench. My first bench luck of the season. So I went for Gabriel. He was... Um, on the bench again for Arsenal against Sheffield United. So Charlie Taylor came on. I think that's his first goal for like more than six years or something like that. So that is a stroke of luck. He almost came close to getting an assist as well. That would have been huge. Uh, Simakas, back-to-back clean sheets. He finished on six points. And Matty Cash got five points. So I think he got a yellow card as well, which is a bit annoying. But what isn't annoying is the fact that Aston Villa conceded about three or four minutes after he went off. So anyone with like Konza, uh, Pau Torres, Luca Dean all lost their clean sheet. So, so far, cash has definitely been worth the extra money. In the end, I went for Matoma instead of Bowen and Diaby. And then because I decided to go for Matoma instead of Bowen, I had a bit more money to spend. So I upgraded my bench player in Cameron Archer to Jao Pedro. Now, there is a bit of regret about that. Not because I think he's a bad player, and ultimately, it is just a bench player for me, so I don't have to play him every single week. But I know there's going to be rotation, and I don't like having players in my team that are so susceptible to missing games. Like Darwin Nunez, for example, he might play five and six. I could probably accept that. But with João Pedro, there is a chance that after every Europa League game, he misses out. So potentially that's a mistake, but I wasn't punished this week massively because if I hadn't had him, I would have put Archer on the bench and I would have played Cole Palmer who got two points. There's only a one-point difference there. Salah captain, 16 points. Son, 10 points. Really glad I kept him. He looks great. Minutes were decent. Doesn't look like he's got an injury or anything like that. Saka, six points. Again, another player I took out was Madison. So he got an assist in the first game of the game week. So Saka then only matched him. Could have been better, but it is what it is. And then Haaland, 16 points. And Watkins, blank. Which is a bit unfortunate because he put up his best stats for a game all season. So yeah, 73 points. Wildcard, I think, was pretty decent. It wasn't a massive improvement of what I would have had anyway, but there's really no point dwelling on that. So let's see how we're looking for game week 11. So even though I upgraded Cameron Archer to Jao Pedro, I've still got 0.6 million in the bank. So there is a little bit of flexibility there. Obviously, I'm off the back of a wildcard, so I've only got one free transfer. And because the overall squad is a little bit better now, there are some benching decisions, of which I haven't really had too many over the last few weeks. So as we go through the team, I'll talk about those. One which I think a lot of people will be thinking about this week 
is Ariola and Turner. Lots of people on that combination. Ariola's got Brentford away and Turner has got Villa at home. As it stands, I'm playing Ariola and I think that will stick. I think the decision is quite close anyway. And usually, when the decision is close, I'd usually go for the home goalkeeper. But I've got two players from Aston Villa, right? Matty Cash and Ollie Watkins. And we know how good that attack is. I'm just not convinced that Nottingham Forest will keep a clean sheet. I also think it's going to be very difficult for West Ham. And West Ham defence in general, I am a little bit worried about. I mean, Ariola's only 4.2 million when I bought him anyway, so it's not a huge issue. But their bottom five, I think, for expected goals conceded that hasn't been great. Now, they have played some pretty tough fixtures so far, and they are going to get better um, over the next kind of eight to ten game weeks. But Brentford away is not an easy fixture either. And obviously, I'm worried about what Embermo might do now. I've wildcarded him out. But that's why I'm picking Ariola. I think the decision is close. I've got no Brentford players, so I'm going for the slightly higher upside. That If my Villa players do well, then it doesn't matter that Turner is on the bench because he's probably going to concede and hopefully not save a penalty or anything like that although if he saved a douglas louise penalty who's on my bench i'd probably be quite happy with that so that's the goalkeepers in terms of the defenders gabriel obviously got benched against sheffield united i've already talked about that this week i do think it was a rest it is a little bit of a concern that arteta is happy to do that kind of moving forward so he might do it in easier games but i always plan to bench him this week anyway because i think newcastle at home very good team i'm sure they're going to score against arsenal i don't think it's necessarily going to be a massively high scoring game or anything like that but i do think they'll get at least one so gabriel is third on my bench and i'm playing matty cash against forest away and Simicast against Luton away. I think they're both good options this week. Overall, most of the first 11 have away games, but obviously everyone else is in the same position. I don't think many squads are going to have 10 to 11 players playing at home anyway. So Cash and Simicast, I'm happy with. The benching decision for me is Gay versus Charlie Taylor. Now, obviously, Charlie Taylor's just scored, so he's a bit more high up in my estimations. But when I planned this wildcard team, the original plan was always to play Gay. I think it's similar, it's not quite the same as Ariola and Turner, but it is similar-ish that I think Gay and Crystal Palace, better team than Burnley, but obviously Burnley are playing at home. So there is that factor there that makes me think maybe I should just play the guy at home if it's quite close. But in both uh, both cases, for my defensive options, I'm playing the away player, Ariola and Gay, and I think that will stick. I don't know, Charlie Taylor I'm a little bit less sure about than I am with Matt Turner, but I do, I do really rate the Crystal Palace defence. Obviously, if Mitchell is out, that's not great, I guess. We'll have to wait and see what Roy Hodgson says. But overall, I think that looks pretty solid this week. And the fact that I can bench Gabriel for Newcastle, see if he plays, and if he does, then play him for Burnley at home in game week 12, I think that works pretty nicely. So for only the second time this season, I'm on a 3-4-3 formation as we get closer to that game week 11 deadline. And back in the day, you'd always be on a 3-4-3. You might see the odd 3-5-2 at times, 4-4-2, whatever it might be. But most people would be on 3-4-3. But this season, it just looks weird because there's so many good midfielders. Lots of people have been on 3-5-2. But it just, it's just the way it works out with the players I've got to choose from this week. And I'll talk about the forward line a little bit later. In terms of the midfielders, there's not a huge amount to say, right? So I've got Matoma, Salah, Son, and Saka. With Salah, his fixtures are great coming up. Lots of people have brought him in at this stage. He's going absolutely nowhere. The only real decision to be made around him is captaincy week to week. And then as we get closer to African Cup of Nations, who do we take him out for? How do we spread that money around and stuff like that? But for in terms of transferring him out that's not going to happen anytime soon barring injuries now he's not my captain this week against Luton away I'm probably going to go for Haaland against Bournemouth at home but if you haven't got Haaland or you want to go for Salah he is a great option right it's Luton away there are definitely lots of points 
up for grabs in a game like that. I think generally I'm already quite settled on my captaincy apart from game week 13. So this week, Haaland against Bournemouth at home. In game week 12, uh, where Haaland is away to Chelsea, obviously he can get goals in that like he did against Man United. But I'd probably go for Salah against Brentford or maybe even Saka against Burnley. Then game week 13 is when Man City play Liverpool at home. So I think Haaland would be a better captain than Salah that week. But I might even look outside of that and go for Son against Villa. And then game week 14, I think Salah's got Fulham at home. And Haaland has Spurs at home. So again, Haaland is perfectly captainable in that game. But I will probably take the easier fixture on paper and go for Salah. So look, I can change my mind, of course. But that's really the only decisions that I'm making around Salah and I like to have a good idea of who I'm going to captain in advance so you're not kind of constantly chopping and changing but obviously you can play it however you want it uh, with Son like I said when I was talking about game week 10 he looked fully fit in that game against Crystal Palace bearing in mind it was on Friday they'd only just played on Monday I think any worries about him carrying an injury coming off early look I'm not saying they're completely clear I'm not saying that can't happen that he gets brought off before the 80th minute but I think it was encouraging playing as that number nine that's not going to change by the way Richarlison is nowhere near as good as Son in that position or just generally um and hopefully he's on penalties which we still don't know because Spurs haven't had one yet but I think most people would agree he's probably most likely so again he's not likely to go anywhere anytime soon I can't look things can change quickly in FPL but I just can't see any reason to take him out of my team for a long time. Even thinking ahead to game week 18, which is a blank when Haaland won't play. He's got Everton at home. And obviously after that, you've got uh, African Cup of Nations. So certain players are going to go away like Salah. And the fixtures just aren't that bad. Like It's not that Spurs have amazing fixtures. They don't. There are some tricky ones in there. But they're just not awful either. So I think for what he offers and the fact that I got him so cheap, just no plans to remove him. With Saka... I think there are, I mean, concerns is probably a bit strong, but Arsenal attack hasn't been as good as it was last year so far. That can quite quickly change. We've only had 10 games. But I think Saka is still the best option from that team. Um, and again, no plans to do anything with him right now. But if I had to sell a midfielder to fund another move, he would be, I think, the first one to go out of him, Son and Salah. Whereas in the past, Saka's kind of been only next to Salah for me and I probably would have got rid of Son. But I think that has changed a little bit. And then with Matoma... Obviously, annoying that Diaby smashed it and Burmo smashed it and I went for the Brighton man. He didn't do anything. And he has now blanked four games in a row. And he does look like he might even drop in price this week, which is a bit frustrating. But if you look at the fixtures Brighton had, three of them were Villa away where they got absolutely smashed. Nothing went their way that week. Uh, Liverpool at home and Man City away. So they haven't been the easiest fixtures on paper. Obviously, wanted something against Fulham. But they've got Everton away and they've got no midweek game. So Matoma will almost certainly start. They do have a Europa League game after that. But Matoma's minutes have been pretty good. As I said last week, right? They're going under the radar a little bit. Then it's Sheffield United at home in 12. So there's not really a decision to be made for him until game week 13 at the earliest. And right now, my plan would be to get in Burmo in in game week 14, as I already discussed. So as you can imagine, right? Off the back of the wild card, you'd hope the team would be pretty set and there wouldn't be a huge amount of transfers to make. And right now, I'm pretty happy with how things are going and how they are looking for game week 11 and beyond.
And then the three up front is Jao Pedro, Erling Haaland, and Ollie Watkins. Now, Haaland is the easiest one to talk about. There are no plans to sell him anytime soon, even for the blank in game week 18. I'll probably just bench him and then have him ready from game week 19 onwards because Man City's fixtures are pretty good. We're hoping that that double comes in game week 20 as well. It's not guaranteed, but if it does happen, it's Brentford at home and Sheffield United at home. So that is triple captain material. And then if you've got Haaland, right, it's Bournemouth at home, so you can't sell him anyway. They've got Villa away and Luton away in game weeks 15 and 16. So between now and then there's only three kind of difficult fixtures on paper and we know how good Harlan is so he's probably going to get returns in those games anyway so I think now the decision has been made I kept him on wildcard that is just another player that I just don't have to think about outside of captaincy and on captaincy him and Salah are both great it's very close like I said if you want to go for Salah just go for it I'm going for Harlan because it's at home Bournemouth uh, obviously one of the worst defenses like Luton but it's just that home factor in some uh, decisions I'm not using that like Gabe versus Taylor but with captaincy this week I am Ollie Watkins again no real plans to sell him but I don't think he's as nailed in this team as the likes of Salah Son and Haaland at some point I might look to downgrade him and obviously you know with hindsight I'd rather have gone for Darwin Nunez after he got a goal and assist last week but I think Watkins was very good in that game a little bit unlucky to come away with no returns and obviously he's got Fulham at home in game week 12 which is another really good fixture after that conversations start about whether or not he could be sold to someone else but he is one of those players that you never feel like you've got to get rid of you just do it if you've got a spare transfer and the luxury to go to a different forward but even with Spurs away in 13 Bournemouth away in 14 then Man City and Arsenal back-to-back -back home games like if I had to keep Watkins through that then I would Darwin Nunez is someone that I'll look at for sure the problem that it's not even like the rotation concerns with him it's just that in game week 13 Nunez plays Man City so I'm not going to make that change from Watkins because it's after an international break Nunez might not even start and then game week 14 is Bournemouth away so I'm not really going to want to sell a forward for that game and then by game weeks 15 and 16, the good fixtures for Liverpool are starting to run out a little bit. So I said this on the early thoughts video. Like I always liked the idea of having Nunez in my team, but something always seems to come up. And right now, the thing that's come up is Ollie Watkins is just a good FPL option, and I don't need the money. But again, that might change in a few weeks. The big talking point for my team anyway, no one else is really interested in this, is João Pedro. Okay. Now, again, I have to reiterate, all I did was upgrade Cameron Archer to João Pedro. So I just improved the bench a little bit. It's not that I have to play him every single week. If I'd gone for Archer, I would have just banked 1.4 million and just be playing Palmer in a 3-5-2. So it's not this massive decision that's completely altered the rest of my strategy or anything like that. I've just spent a bit more money on the bench, hoping that I can try and guess when he's going to play in the better fixtures. Now, he didn't start um, in the last game against Fulham which is annoying. He's always going to come on as well. So you're always going to get a cameo. If you don't get an attack and return, it's just going to be a one point, which is frustrating. But I think he's going to play against Everton. And, and straight away, the fact that I even have to discuss this makes me think I shouldn't own him. I, I don't like players where you're having to guess every single week. Like some players might play five and six, six and seven, seven and eight, and that's fine. I can deal with the odd benching. But with João Pedro, I feel like this is going to be a discussion every week, and I just don't like that headache. But because he didn't play the last game, presumably he'll play this one. I think my bigger problem with him is that he's not going to play Sheffield United at home. So I think he'll start against Everton. I think he'll start in the Europa League game on Thursday. And I think he'll miss Sheffield United at home. Obviously, if other injuries happen for Brighton in the meantime, that might change. But right now, that's what I think is going to happen. So even though he's got Sheffield United at home in game week 12, that might be one of my first transfers, which won't be fun to do. And I'm sure I'll talk myself out of doing it. 
but it is a possibility. But this week, it's basically Jean Pedro against Everton away, Palmer against Spurs away. I think Palmer's guaranteed to start and he's on penalties, but he's got a harder fixture. Jean Pedro not guaranteed to start, easier fixture, and also on penalties when he's on the pitch. And I just think because of that bench, and I've got to go for him. And look, this is what I would say. If you think Jean Pedro starts, surely he's a better option than Palmer this week, right? There or thereabouts anyway. So that's why I'm going 3-4-3. In game week 12, we'll go through this all again. So I think the team is looking pretty strong overall. No transfers really needed this week. Like, if Man United were looking good, and I realise it's been a while now, then Saka to Fernandez for Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away would definitely be in my thinking. Same with Rashford, but they're not looking good. And Fernandez is on uh, four yellows, and Saka's got Burnley at home in game week 12. So I just can't make that move. There's no point in doing Watkins to Nunez, even though the thought has crossed my mind. Matoma to Inbermo. I think Inbermo is better this week. But then the two fixtures after, after that are a little bit tougher. And we know Inbermo's nailed on 90 minutes penalties, etc. But I don't think it's the right time to make that transfer. So. As always, after a wild card, you're usually going to roll. So unless nothing, sorry, unless anything crops up over the next few days, that is what I'm going to do. Just bank that 0.6 million and save it for a rainy day. Which, by the sound of the rain on the windows, today is that day. That doesn't probably make any sense. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'm going to leave it there. Make sure to give the video a like if you enjoyed it. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Rate five stars if you listen on podcasts and you're enjoying the content. And I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.